Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special and very delightful guest, Kleena Byrne. Kleena is a body confidence coach and helps people from all over the world to accept themselves without having to physically change themselves. She works with adults from all walks of life, parents and teens. And Kleena and I actually just did an entire episode without pressing the record button. <laughs> but we really know one another quite well at this point, or as well as you can in, in a 27-minute interview. And so here we are again, Kleena. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Angel. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so I want to start our time together because the Wickedly Smart Women listeners did not hear that whole episode that we didn't record. I want to start our time together just asking you to give us a little bit of a backstory on what inspired you to become a body confidence coach. So I had my own journey of not feeling good about my body before I even considered ever working in this area or knew that this was an area I could work in. So I started feeling quite bad about my body around the age of 10. It started to register with me that I didn't look like the other kids. I was a bit bigger. I realized at that age that I was being judged on my appearance, just like everyone else seemed to be judged on their appearance. For the next two years after that, I was quite badly bullied in my school. I was called fat and ugly on a daily basis, and it was horrific. Didn't feel great about myself as a teenager, but I had this idea that my life was going to become sparkly and shiny and wonderful once I looked the right way. So for me, that meant losing weight. And it also meant having an operation I needed on my jaw. So I had what was like an over or an underbite, but my bite went to the side because I always have to be different. <laughs> and it meant that I couldn't bite into things properly. Like it was difficult to eat things like an apple or an example I always give is if I was to bite into a sandwich, the bread would be gone, but the filling would still be there, <laughs> which is really frustrating. So that meant that I was going to have this operation where they were going to break my upper jaw, realign it, and then put permanent screws in my face. And I had braces for years on the lead up to this. So that was, I was like, okay, I'm going to be 20. I'm going to lose weight beforehand, have the operation. I did that. I went on a silly diet, had the operation done. Months later, I was fully healed. And I found myself standing in front of the mirror. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not, I'm not feeling sparkly. I'm not feeling any of these things. So maybe if I lost more weight, maybe if I changed my hair, maybe if I did this, maybe if I did that. And then I woke up and I realized I was sick of myself and not my physical self, but my inner critic that was inside of me who kept telling me that I was never going to be good enough for myself. And I felt so frustrated. I was like, when am I actually going to be good enough for myself? So I was 20 at the time. 
And that's when I started my own body image journey where I started mending my relationship with myself. And I had to figure out how to do that by myself because no older Kleena didn't exist yet. <laughs> I wasn't around yet doing the things I do now. So there was no one like me at the time. And then a few years later, after I'd healed my relationship with myself, I had this moment where I went back to Ireland because I live in France. And my grandmother was, was dying and I knew it was going to be the last time I was ever going to see her. We were sat together and I, I was massaging her feet, massaging her hands and talking to her. She couldn't talk back to me, but I was busy talking. And my granny was a beautiful woman. She had like this voluptuous body, beautiful, sparkly eyes. Like she was gorgeous, but she never was really comfortable in herself. She was always trying to lose weight or, you know, things like this. And I remember looking at her and thinking, you've spent your life not really liking your body. And she had Parkinson's. And at that stage, I was like, all you want right now is for your body to, to function and be the way that it was before. And it's not working in that way anymore. And I realized that there's nothing worse than going through your life and never liking yourself. And I mean, your, your body like, and your, your mind as well, and like not liking who you are and not being comfortable with that. Because you get one life, you get one body, so you might as well make peace with it and enjoy your life. And that really sparked something in me where I said, no, I don't want people to go through this. I, I know how, I know the solution. I know how to fix this and I'm going to find a way to help people with this. So I trained to be a coach and used coaching methods in my practice and also my own methods. And I started working with adults, which then led me to really feel, find out the root cause of body image issues which is not what we all think it is, which is like social media, magazines, all this stuff. That doesn't have an impact, but secondary. The primary impact is what I call the body image culture in every family. So every family has one. No family goes without a body image culture. And that is how we talk about bodies, what we consider acceptable, unacceptable, how we speak about bodies and how we speak about food in our homes. Mm-hmm. And that's what impacts our body image and forms it. So that's when I started then working with parents because I realized parents pass on their hangups to their kids. Mm. So by helping parents get rid of their hangups and create a positive body image culture, they're not going to pass it on to their kids. Mm. And then that led me to work with teenagers because parents asked if I could work with their teenagers. And I said, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Well, so a couple things that I want to have our listeners hear there particularly moved by the story about your grandmother. And what that says to me is that many people spend their entire lives unhappy with themselves, and then they get to the end, and all they want is to have the life that they didn't like. (laughs) All they really want is to go back and have what they missed out on when they were having it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's really an important thing for people to hear and to listen to if you are a listener and you are unhappy with your own life in whatever way, whether it's your body image, whether it's a bank account, whether it's, you know, where you live or your relationships or any of those things. Because I think one of the things that we talked about in our now lost interview, the lost interview of Kleena and Angel, right? (laughs) was that what your your work right now is helping people specifically with body image, but it's really ubiquitous. The challenge 
that are at the root of body image are ubiquitous across all different areas of our lives. So the other thing that I'm really interested in and want to hear more about is this whole idea of the body image culture. And and what I'm hearing there is that you are actually going deeper than most people when they talk about body image. Most people blame social media. They blame the you know, the regular media, advertising, catalogs, magazines, all of those things, like they put the the onus of, of the body image issues on the outer world. But what I'm hearing you say is it, it it's really seated in our own environments, our inner, in, you know, our family environments. So if you could share with us like maybe two or three different types of body image cultures that you have seen in your work, that maybe our listeners might be able to relate to, that would be awesome. Yeah, so the most common ones that come up for me are how we talk about size. And you'll find that every family has usually a preference towards certain body types, and usually that's slim. So how that can show up in the family narrative could be talking about how people look better when they're slim, For example, Mary looks so great since she lost weight. When you're slim, you can wear whatever you want. Um, I really want to lose some weight. Just praising people for being slim. And then what can also happen is a negative narrative towards anyone who has gained weight or anyone who's larger. So saying, did you see Sarah? She's gained weight. She looks awful. Or did you know that... (laughs) John used to be a lovely slim man and now he's massive like this kind of narrative right and it's it sounds horrible to say because these are horrible comments but they're very common in certain families and that's communicating very clearly slim is great big is bad nothing could be worse than being big and you don't have to say those words but those narratives clearly make that the case right by saying that Mary looks great Sarah Sarah looks awful So that's one, which is size. The second one that's made one that has a huge impact is how we talk about food. So labeling certain foods as healthy and good, superfoods, and then labeling other foods as junk, rubbish, bad for you. You're clearly saying that there's a moral value (laughs) to some foods and not to others, rather than acknowledging the fact that all foods have a nutritional value. Some are more nutritious than others, but they all benefit you in some way, whether it's giving you energy or whatever it is. That's the second one. And the third one is being very critical of people. So that could show up in, you know, someone comes on the TV and you're like, oh, that's a very ugly man. Or, you know, that person's aged terribly. Or, you know, like comments like this, where we're a bit critical or critical of people we see on the internet or walking down the street or people we know. And that communicates that bodies are up for discussion and it's totally okay to be critical of people's bodies. So there are the three main ones that come up across the board. All right. Well, so what I think I'd like to talk about now is if you would talk about specifically this critiquing other people's bodies piece because in our last <laughs> unrecorded interview we got really deep into this this critic process so i'd love to have you talk about how you help your own clients to break the habit of critiquing themselves and others so how critiquing shows up 
is that we look at people and we look for their perceived flaw. And the reason we do this is because we're not feeling good about ourselves. And we think, okay, if I can find someone else's flaw, I will feel better about myself momentarily. But that's not what happens. We do maybe feel a tiny bit better for a split second when we say that person needs to lose weight or that person has crooked teeth or that person should really change their genes because they're the wrong fit for them. Okay. What happens is we feel better for a split second, but actually overall, it makes us feel way worse because we get that little spike of "Mm, they've got a flaw, but I'm being really badly judged by everyone because if I'm judging people like this, everyone else must be judging me like this and everyone else must be noticing my X, Y, Z and we spiral. So, and also people who feel good about their bodies don't do this. So not everyone is going around being super critical of bodies just people who don't feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So how I help people to combat this is to start being aware of it. So for anyone listening, start being aware of when you're critical of other people and catch yourself doing it. And so let's say you see someone and you think, my goodness, they would look so much better if they wore a different top. Take a second and be like, oh, that critic popped up again. And instead find something positive to say about them. And what you'll find is this is actually going to make your own inner critic shut up quite a bit. Because you're actually doing some outward work. We usually do inward work. We're usually doing that inner work. But instead, we're going to go out. And that can be more realistic for some people or feel more doable to instead focus on other people by not being as critical. And you'll actually find it helps you to Mm. be less critical of yourself. Beautiful. All right. Well, I really loved that as a method to begin to break down the inner critic. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, we're going to let you know, listeners, where you can find out more about Kleena. Right now, though, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we'd also love to ask you to share with any of your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to celebrate that we just had a four-figure download day the other day, and we've added another country to our list of listeners. 97 countries are now tuning in. So I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world, and I want to shout out this week to our listeners in France, where Kleena is, Ireland, and St. Martin. And we will be right back with Kleena Byrne. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Kleena Byrne. You can find out more about Kleena and her work with people all over the world at kleenaburn.com. We will have that 
uh, link for you in the show notes. Please be sure to uh, reach out to her. If you find yourself walking down the street, critiquing other people, and at the same time, critiquing yourself. So before we went to the break, we were talking about how you help people to begin the process of breaking this habit of both critiquing others as well as turning it back on yourself. And I loved the idea of replacing the critical voice with the positive voice. I think that's a very easy and doable thing for people to do. Can you talk a little bit more about some other things that you help people with, maybe at a little bit deeper level? Because one of the things that that came to me as you were talking about that is It seems to me, and maybe this is my critic talking, but it seems to me that people who spend a lot of time critiquing others and also internally critiquing themselves are really not engaged in a a deeper way of relating in the world. They're very, there's like a surface thing going on there. So I don't know if you want to speak about that, or if you'd like to talk a little bit about maybe one of the clients that you've worked with, or at the very least, give our, our listeners a couple more ways that they can start the process of undoing the culture of the body image that they grew up with. Yeah. So when you're not feeling good about your body, it shows up everywhere. And that's why you get this kind of a weird surface level where you're finding it hard to connect with people or you're kind of seeing it show up in their lives. And what happens is our relationships with ourselves are the foundation for everything else. So you have to think of it like if your relationship with yourself isn't good, it's like you're building on a foundation with cracks and holes and all sorts of things. And you can't build happy, healthy relationships careers, friendships, everything on that, because it's going to like, you can build a house on that foundation, but it's going to slope. It's going to crack. It's going to fall. And that's why we often meet people who are very critical. And when these people are critical, we're seeing just 5% of what, like what they project out into the world is only 5% of what they're actually doing to themselves internally. So we meet people who are like, God, you're very critical. (laughs) When you meet someone who's critical of your appearance, just know they are not feeling very body confident. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to everyone is, if you're not feeling good about yourself, you have to remember this is your foundation. And if you want to have the great relationships and the great career and everything across the board, you have to fix that. And then you can build on top of it. Happy as Larry, no issues. (laughs) Well, you still have issues along the way, but you know what I mean? It'll be easier, Mm -hmm. like building a house. So think of your relationship with yourself as the foundation Hmm. to give some tidbits. Maybe give us, give us a, yeah. Give us a client story if you'd like. Client story. Yeah. Somebody that you've Um, helped. So I had a client not too long ago who was lovely. Um, She was in her seventies and from the other side of the world. And she came across my work from seeing me in a video and she decided to come work with me. And it was lovely to work with her because her whole reason to work with me was because she said, I'm 70. I don't like my body. I've never liked my body. I don't know how much time I've got left, but I need to fix this. And she was kind of nervous that she wouldn't be able to change the way she felt about herself. Because as she said herself, old dogs, new tricks. And I said, no, you're never too old. Let's do this. So we worked together and 
it was incredible. We worked with each other for five weeks. And by the end of the five weeks, she was like a totally different person. She went from only ever wearing black tops and like colorful scarves to actually wearing full color. She'd only ever worn black before that. And she was not allowing herself to be social. She was living in um, an old folks community and there was loads of clubs and loads of cool stuff happening, but she never allowed herself to go take part in any of it because she was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, everyone would be critical. Everyone would be judging me. And instead she started going to these things and making friendships, feeling comfortable in her body and having a total different outlook. So my message from that is it's never too late. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. You deserve to have a good relationship with yourself. You're worthy of that. And you have one life, one body, make peace with it. Mm, Beautiful. So one of the things that I'm aware of too, is that this whole inner critic thing in, in the case of the people that you work with, it's primarily around body image, but you're also a business owner, right? And many of our listeners are business owners. So I'd love to hear if the critics showed up when you started to do business and if you were able to apply some of your own body of work to your entrepreneurship. Yes. <laughs> so I practice what I preach and the work that I do you can apply it to everything. Like, honestly, you can apply it to everything. And um, I had to, in my business, learn to be kind to myself, allow myself to fail upwards so I could succeed and just allow myself to go outside my comfort zone all the time and keep expanding where my comfort zone is and having the confidence to know I can go outside my comfort zone and I'll always be fine. And having trust in myself and believing in myself and not comparing myself to others. So all of that has helped me. And I often meet people who want to start businesses and they don't never get very far because they're so critical of themselves. Their inner critic is so loud. And they're the type of people who spend maybe like six months on a website, two or three months on a logo, and they're still not doing anything. And we can be so comparative when we're running businesses. And I just want to remind everyone, you might be comparing yourself to someone and they've got a huge amount of following on social media or whatever it is, and you think they're doing amazingly, but they mightn't actually have any business. It can all be a bit for show. (laughs) And just focus on what you're doing. I always say to people, it's kind of like you're in a race and you have to imagine like if you're busy looking side to side and focusing on everyone else, it's going to slow you down. You're not going to get to where you want to get to. Whereas if you just look forward and focus on your own thing, you will succeed. You will get there in the end. Never mind what everyone else is doing. It's not relevant to you. Yeah, because it's your race. It's not it's not a collective race. Exactly. So so clean up. We have a few more minutes to talk. And so what I'd really love to ask you now is if you would be willing to talk specifically about this idea of body confidence, can you give us a little bit more depth around what that means to you and what it looks like when somebody has done the work with you? when they're embodying body confidence, like some, like obviously the story about this, this elderly lady is really powerful, but if, if there's other things that you've seen happen for people when they are actually embodying body confidence, I would love to hear that. So yeah, just to define body confidence for us and what else is possible. So to define it, 
needs to accept your body as it is. And that means to not have conditional love towards yourself. And a lot of people have conditional love where they say, I like my body when it's a certain size (laughs) and if it looks youthful and blah, 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 blah. That's having conditional love. I'm talking about unconditional love. So you accept your body as it gets older, as it gets bigger, smaller, whatever. If you shrink, whatever, you accept yourself as you are and accept this is my body and that's fine. So how you, your life changes when you have body, uh, body confidence. You don't actually think about your body that much. And that sounds small, but it's not. It's huge because when you don't like your body, it consumes you emotionally, mentally, and often financially too. And that takes up so much mental space. So you get back all this mental space that you were wasting on not liking yourself. You're also more free with yourself. Regards, you'll wear the things you want to wear. You'll set boundaries. You'll have respect for yourself in ways you never did before. Your relationships change. The way you show up in your career changes. Everything changes because you actually like yourself. And you're able to, for example, let's say you have to give a presentation at work. You can get up and focus on the content of the presentation rather than worrying, like, is everyone noticing my bomb (laughs) or whatever it is, right? So it's getting back all that mental energy and putting it elsewhere. And I always say to people, when I didn't like myself, if I had taken the same mental energy and applied it elsewhere, I could probably have like three PhDs by now. Like that's how much energy goes into it mm-hmm. and not feeling good. And that sparkly life that I was talking about earlier that I thought what, that I'd get when I dieted and had my face sorted, I'm there now. And what that feels like is having gratitude for myself, having gratitude for my body. I'm happy. I'm alive. I'm breathing. Every day I wake up and I'm like, ooh, I'm here. And something that's so important to remember is even when we're cruel to our bodies and we say, I don't like you, I don't like the way you look, I want to change everything about you, our bodies keep going. Mm. Our hearts don't say, I'm going to stop beating because you said something nasty to me. Mm. They keep going for us and they keep showing up for us. So we should have gratitude for that. Mm, I love that. Kalina, that is such a beautiful pearl of wisdom right there. You know, our bodies love us unconditionally. It's at the very least we could do is love them back unconditionally, yes. <laughs> right? All right. Well, we are at the end. What a fabulous interview this was. Better than the last one. We, you know, practice makes perfect. Just keep perfecting, keep perfecting. We'll never be 100% perfect, but we can keep practicing. Stay in the practice and stay in the practice of letting go of the inner critic and putting a more positive spin on whatever you're thinking. And it will free up so much for you uh, in every area of your life. What a pleasure it's been today to be with you, Kleena. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of this show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. Make sure that you check out Kleena at cleanaburn.com. Again, we'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks to the Trinell Group for the donation that recently came in. We appreciate you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. 
Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.